is it's me it's trg the rambling gambler casino gambling is my side hustle and this is my casino combat podcast for purely financial reasons on this podcast we spell combat with a k <laughs> one of these days i really should tell you that story i will sometime we'll put it on the book somewhere in the future anyway here we go Ladies and gentlemen, non-binary persons, all the heavenly hosts, this podcast discusses casinos and gambling. Gambling is a morally questionable life choice. Do not gamble with money you cannot afford to lose. Do not gamble with money you need to pay your bills. My past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results, including my own. If you have a gambling problem, contact your local problem gambling hotline. If you do not know your local problem gambling hotline, send an email to help at casinocombat.com. We will find that number for you and we will make it available to you. Everything I'm going to share with you in this podcast is based in fact. Names and dates have been altered to protect both the innocent and the guilty. Minor items unrelated to outcomes may be omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity. Yes, indeed. All right. Episode 17. Here we go. We are going to change up the format just a little today. Um, I have a question segment for you. And then instead of core concepts, I'm going to do a new segment, Gambling with Gabriel. He's been exploring the game of craps, and I thought you might enjoy hearing a summary of his results over the past couple of weeks. I have a casino wisdom for you, perhaps the most important and difficult of all the casino wisdoms. I did some traveling to start out the month, and I heard a great story from an online ally this week. And with his permission, I will share that with you in the VIP lounge later today. Before we get our episode started this week, I want to remind you that in addition to this podcast... The team and I are producing unique content for the YouTube channel called Casino Combat Bootcamp. Bootcamp is all the gambling basics for Casino Combat re-examined in a great deal of detail. I also want to ask you for a favor. Casino Combat is growing. When I started creating the first episodes in the middle of a global lockdown, I didn't know if anyone would ever listen to any of it. But you are. Every week, more and more of you take the time to listen to this podcast. Casino Combat has listeners in 18 of the United States and 7 other countries. It's amazing and gratifying. So about that favor, if you enjoy the podcast, would you please tell other people about it? Would you encourage them to listen? Would you consider finding us on the various social media platforms that Billy with the great last name and T-Rex keep up and running for me? And would you do the like, the follow, the share, all those things so that we can reach more people on social media? I'd be grateful. The more of us there are, the better we are at what we do. So here's the question segment to start out this episode. What? What? So the question for this week's episode comes from Wayne. Wayne says, hey TRG, I get your approach to the dollar amounts. The whole one after expenses and lost and spent makes sense to me to track my results. And you taught us how to calculate a bankroll. But without knowing how big your bankroll is or how much you are betting, we don't have the entire picture of what's really going on. Wayne, thanks for listening. Thanks for taking the time to email. And you ask a great question, and you make a good point. You guys do need perspective on that part of things. So here we go. My normal bankroll for blackjack or baccarat is two and a half days pay, which makes my buy-in at any given table less than a day's pay. If Mrs. TRG is with me, her bankroll is the same size so that we can play together at the same table but she often plays at less than the maximum unit size her bankroll would allow if a lower limit table is available. So as a team, we're prepared to put a week's pay at risk to create and maintain the side hustle and the casino lifestyle it generates. That's not a huge number for us. We both work, our children are grown adults, and as I've documented for you, 
When we have a losing weekend, we're comfortable that over the course of a month, things will all work out. We look around our home at the things we purchased with past winnings. We know there are profits in the safe and profits in our bank accounts. So if we need to repair a bankroll to start the next week, that's okay. And at the same time, we're not increasing our unit size to a level that a loss would exceed our past profits. I hope that helps put things in context for you, Wayne. Thanks again for listening. So here we go. Let's do the first ever Gambling with Gabriel segment. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. According to Wikipedia, in the Hebrew Bible, the angel Gabriel appears to Daniel and interprets his visions. That's not quite a perfect analogy, but Gabriel often helps me clarify my own thoughts and methods for being better at my side hustle. And that said, while Gabriel has been instrumental in refining my thoughts into what I present here every week as Casino Combat, there are plenty of things that he does differently than I do. Anyway, a few months ago, we started talking about craps. I think some of Gabriel's motivation was to have an option if blackjack tables were all full, and I think he also was ready to try something new. For me, it's been decades since I really looked into craps, so I was way overdue to, to dive back in, understand what's new, and, and reacquaint myself with things. So we kicked around various theories and models, and he looked at throwing positions at the table and, and at various dice sets, and I started doing simulations in a couple different apps and doing some bankroll calculations, and we'd kick it around and talk about it. A couple weeks ago, Gabriel decided he had to stop with the reading and the theories and actually give things a try. I told him I was sure he would have beginner's luck, and he should have fun and enjoy it if it did happen. So he sent me text updates from the table as he went, and he did indeed have beginner's luck. Over a period of roughly five hours, he won over eight and a half days pay and generated a huge amount of reward points in the casino reward system. We both assumed this wasn't normal for craps, but we really didn't know if that meant he should have won more or if he did in fact just have beginner's luck and this was a big win, whatever a big win means. So Gabriel decided he was going to play two more times to give the game a fair shake. And I got to watch and enjoy one of those segments even though it ended up with him losing two days pay. And the third trial run generated similar results. But Gabriel felt like he was not only having fun, but that he was also learning a great deal and getting better at the game and, and making some allies. And it was something he was going to continue as part of, as part of his you know, regular kind of casinoing thing. So this past Friday, we got a chance to meet for a drink and to catch up a little bit. And when I say catch up a little bit, please don't think that, oh, we just sat around and once again discussed casinos and casinoing. Um, yeah, we do that a lot all during the week with each other. We spent more time talking about families and pandemic and work and business and government and, and all those things that people talk about besides just gambling. Um, and the crazy part was that he'd been playing craps off and on 
for a couple of weeks now since that first little three three run trial, and he hadn't had a winning session any of those times. It was that first day, and he was really starting to feel like that must have been a pretty unique and, and special outing, something that didn't occur very long. So we, we headed back to the casino and found a blackjack table together and played some. Wasn't really happening for either of us. I took a very small loss and decided I was just going to call it a day. I'd, I'd had a good run you know, on my overnight, and I certainly wasn't going to give that all back. But Gabriel decided he was going to try his luck at craps, and so I watched for a while, and it was going okay for him. He was picking up some chips and adding them to his stack, and so I headed out and said, hey, I'll see you later, and been in the car maybe 15, 20 minutes, and the text messages started coming in. And I get back to my office, and more text messages are coming in. The table had gotten hot, players were making numbers and pressing their bets, it went on for quite a while, and in the end, he had a win of over two weeks' pay. <laughs> so that first one that six hours earlier over a drink was looking like maybe that was pretty unique turned out actually to be on the small side compared to what he was able to do on, on that particular day. So obviously I'm happy for him. A win's a win, and I'm grateful that he's taken the thought experiment out into the real world. I've learned and or relearned a lot about the game of craps for now. I'm still uncomfortable with the long-haul house advantage built into what Gabriel is doing and the size of bankroll that I would need to apply casino combat to a craps table properly. But I will confess that if I had a big win at the blackjack table, I might pull out some of that win to just gamble with and know I was gambling and know I was going up against a big house advantage and I might try craps again just to revisit it and see if I still don't like it the way I used to not like it, if that makes sense. Um, oh, and I said I was going to tell you a story um, from an online alley in the VIP lounge, and I'm going to do that, but also I do have a Gabriel story, and now that we're kind of in that Gabriel frame of mind, I'm going to share that one with you in the VIP lounge as well. It's time for Casino Wisdom. Casino wisdom I have for you this week is number 77. Be accountable to someone or something. Experience and information turned into a specific action. That's how I define a casino wisdom. In this case, the information is that humans tend to have selective memories. We remember the good things more than the bad things, generally speaking. I've said it myself several times. The story, I gambled, I lost, I left, isn't a good story. It isn't interesting. But the story, I started with a $50 free bet coupon and won $1,000 while having drinks with a TV star. That's a better story. People like to hear that one. That one sticks out in your head. That sticks out in their head. But to be good at gambling, to really turn casino gambling into a profitable process, we need to track our results. We need to be accountable to someone or something. I'm accountable, crazy enough, I'm accountable to a lot of people and a lot of processes. Mrs. TRG should be obvious, I hope, but having said that, I know plenty of people who are not always fully factual when sharing their gambling results with their spouse, and that applies to both positive and negative results. I, mean, I know a guy who's, that isn't always honest with his spouse. I mean, he tells her the truth about the losses, but the wins, he kind of fudges a little bit and keeps a little of that for himself. Not my first choice. I think you need to be accountable to people. I'm accountable to Gabriel which is something that evolved over, over time, and it's really improved my game. When I'm winning, 
I want to finish the session and be able to tell him I won, which makes me more likely to walk away from the table when the, when the situation occurs. It drives my actions because he's going to find out the results because I'm going to share them with him. And I know I'm going to tell him how much I lost, so a smaller loss is something I'd rather report than a larger loss. Once again, it's a discipline that adds that little extra in the casino to say, mm, do I really want to tell Gabriel I lost this much? Yeah, okay. Do I want to lose a bunch more? No, I probably don't. Fascinatingly to me, I'm just realizing, is that I'm accountable to this podcast and I'm accountable to all of you. See, as I'm moving through my casino life, I'm taking notes on what happened and the outcomes at each table so that I can communicate that back and be honest and transparent and as factually accurate as I can be. I know that at the end of the week, I'm going to share with all of you what I did. And I know at the end of the month, I'm going to do a recap and see if I managed a win for the month. It makes me a better gambler. It's improved my game tremendously. So how can you be accountable to someone or something? Well, the obvious way is to figure out who your own Mrs. TRG or Gabriel are that you report your results to. And then force yourself to be honest and accurate with them as much as you possibly can. Or you can be accountable to a notebook or a notebook in your phone. You just have to have the discipline to record all your results. Now, if you go that route, I encourage you to also make notes on the various free things the casino gives you. So you really look at the entire relationship, not just the wins and losses, and not just, oh, they gave me a toaster oven, while ignoring the fact that the toaster oven cost you $300, because that's how much money you lost. I also have a friend that does this electronically. When he's in the casino, as he leaves a table, he'll send himself an email with the results from that table. It's captured. That moment in time has been captured. He's not going to go do three or four other things at three or four other tables and then get home and kind of merge it all together in his head. If none of that works for you, you are certainly welcome to be accountable to me. You can email me at trg at casinocombat.com to document your results. Now, in this podcast, everyone has creative control. Nothing gets shared unless everyone involved is okay with it being shared. So if you decide to use me to be accountable, it's a private conversation unless you give me permission to use your information in the podcast. Probably no surprise, <laughs> I did some rambling and some gambling this week. Let's find out how it went. I actually had a pretty slow casino week this week. Well, I mean, slow for me. Other people would think it's ridiculous, but <laughs> sorry. Um, anyway, work was a little more front and center early in the week, and we had family that was going to be visiting us over the weekend. So, you know, a team TRG, Mr. and Mrs. Trip, wasn't really an option. But I did finish up work early on Thursday and headed to a comp room and some match play at my favorite Casino One. And I got to tell you, it's really neat. It's really nice to be able to just send a text on a Tuesday to a host and right away, boom, they've got a room ready for you on Thursday when you get there. So I got crushed off the first table really fairly quickly. Um, took a little break. Gabriel called, so I went up to the room and it was you know pretty much happy hour by that point. So I put Gabriel on the speakerphone and poured myself a cocktail and we, we did... About 30 minutes on the phone or something like that, just kind of talking about gambling and, and having some sips. And look, I know a lot of people just do that all the time, but I also know that there are way more people that don't ever get a chance to do that. And so it's fun, even if that's all it is. But back to the details. I went a little sideways there. 
The second table was also horrible. It didn't go well, but it was slow motion horrible. It, it happened gradually over time. I didn't just get smacked. The interesting thing about that table is that after I'd been there just a few minutes, Mr. Sharknado lands, and it was a sight to behold. Uh, he buys in for $1,000 at a $15 table. Now, I'm not sure exactly what his plan was or if he had a plan, but this is how it went. As I said, $1,000 buy-in, $15 table, and he's betting two hands. And there's nothing super uncommon there. You see that fairly often. But the layout of his wagers was bizarre. One bet was small. $15 on the main bet, $10 on a side bet. And then his second bet would range between 85 and 65 on the low end for the main bet, and then $5 on the side bet. So around $100 on the table, give or take. Not completely out of whack with a $1,000 buy-in, but it was the structure of the bets that didn't make any sense to me. I mean, winning the large one, losing the small one is obviously great, but if it's the other way around, the small win does nothing to make up for the larger loss. And if you're going to bet the side bet, why wouldn't you either bet them both the same or make a larger bet that kind of is in ratio on the side bet to the to the main bet for that hand? Look, maybe it usually works for Mr. Sharknado. I don't know. I've never met him before. I certainly can tell you it didn't work as I watched. I mean, pretty quickly, he's down to just one large bet and a side bet. And then that becomes only a small bet with no side bet. And then he doesn't have enough chips to make another bet, and he's out the door. He was there less than half a shoe. I'm going to say 10 minutes at most. Well, I eventually lost about half my buy-in, and I left the table. So now here we are. I've had drinks with Gabriel, even though it was virtually. I've been to two blackjack tables. I've lost. It's not even really dinner time yet. And I don't really want to start the month off with a, with a big loss, so... This is probably going to be one of those situations where one more losing table without a win in between, and I'm going to wrap things up for a very, very early night. So with all that in my head, I decide to find one more table and try to just recoup some of what I've lost before I get something to eat. The table I found has a slightly higher limit than the rest of the main floor in the casino, and I quickly learned that it was the, quote, high limit table for the evening. They didn't have anything open in their high limit room, but they had high limit rules on this table. Slightly higher limit, no mid-shoe entry, and because it's, quote, high limit, cocktails are comped. So I'm fine with all of this because it's not a very high limit to be high limit, but we're getting all the benefits. So more than fine with me. So my rule was that if I lost three hands in a row, I was done for the table, and unless I'd won back a good chunk of what I'd lost, I was done for the night. And a couple of times, I hit a point where I said that, okay, if I lose this one, it's time for food and an early night. But I always won those hands. And often they were a blackjack or a double or a split and the bet was larger. And I quickly won enough to get my loss from the second table back in my pocket. And I kept playing. And then I got the loss from the first table off the, off the table and in my pocket. And I had enough left to increase my base bet by 50%. And I kept winning those hands that if I lost them, it was time to be done. And so I kept playing. And eventually I had my buy-in and a small profit off the table. And enough left to increase my unit size to double what I started with. Gradually, it gets later. The casino gets quieter. My table's emptying out. So as the last man leaves the table, he says, I really enjoyed watching you play. Clearly, you were playing the table. The table isn't playing you. 
What a great compliment. Well, I finally hit my three losing hands, and it was time to leave. I managed to get some to-go food to take back to the room just as the restaurants were closing. And when I counted things up, I had won, after expenses, almost four days' pay. The next day, I headed toward home. I stopped along the way for some free slot play, which generated enough money to pay for breakfast. And then I had a drink with Gabriel after picking up a free bracelet at my local casino. I lost about a half day's pay at the blackjack table with Gabriel. And then, other than watching him do some craps play, which I already told you about, that kind of wrapped me up for the week. Bracelet, some free slot play, some free table bets, and a three and a half day profit in my pocket for the week. Not a bad start to the month at all. So, with that in mind, Drinks are on me. Let's go check out the VIP lounge. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. Come on in. The doors are open. During a pandemic, it's always five o'clock everywhere. So grab an artisanal soda or a local handcrafted pop or pour something smaller or mix them together. Whatever makes sense for you. Just have some fun. Join me. I got two things for you in the VIP lounge today. An online ally found a way to break an online casino, and I'll share their story with their permission. And then, since this has been somewhat a Gabriel-centric episode, I'll share one of my favorite stories about him. A story that took place in a VIP lounge very much like this one. So I was reading an online group this week, and someone posted that an online casino they had been exploiting for six months had finally fixed the loophole, and his easy profits were a thing of the past. It seems this online casino ran a weekly promotion with cash prizes for people earning the most points during the week. So the top prize was over a thousand euros. So this player had a strategy of playing perfect blackjack basic strategy and losing a little less than one euro for every hundred euros wagered and making crazy money on the promotions because he was earning points for all of that. He had turned a $1,000 bankroll, and I'm sure that's a 1,000 euro bankroll, into a 20,000 euro bankroll using just this one trick. The online casino had banned him and stopped giving points for table game play as part of the promotion. He broke them. They fixed it. His closing statement is, is what really caught my attention because it's pure casino combat. Here's his final statement. It's true that card counting in live casinos isn't profitable by itself. But if you combine that with a bonus slash promotion offered by a casino, it can be extremely profitable. This player didn't beat the game of blackjack. He beat the game of casino gambling. And that's what I try to share with you every month. And that's what I'm willing to teach others if they're interested. So one of my favorite Gabriel stories to close out this episode. Our local casino has four blackjack tables in the VIP lounge. And look, I'm going to confess... I prefer VIP lounges to not offer gambling. I'd rather they be a place away from the action to take a break, get something to eat, check my email, have a drink, talk with friends. That's my first choice. But in this particular casino, this combination was just about perfect. We have to pay for drinks in my state. But the drinks in the VIP lounge were premium pours at a deep discount. The bartenders were all friends of ours, so we could just run a tab and pretty much have the place to ourselves as a private clubhouse for several hours on Friday afternoon. See, they opened at 2, but they really didn't get busy till 5. So often, you know, me and a, <laughs> me and a collection of friends, Gabriel, the walking Wikipedia, 
variety of other people. We'd get together. We'd hang out. We'd play cards. It, it was a cool place to be. So anyway, we're gambling one Friday afternoon and having a few adult beverages. And Gabriel isn't really doing very well. And he's getting frustrated. And sometimes frustrated Gabriel makes what I call a Skittles bet. A Skittles bet is when you just take a random pile of chips in a whole variety of different colors and make a bet. Just all piled up in a mess. So he's got a combination of black and green and red and white and pink chips all piled up. And anytime the dealer needs to pay him out, that all needs to be broken down and properly paid. And anytime there's a double or a split, it needs to all be broken down and then restacked and then an equal amount of chips stacked beside it. But he'd won a couple of those Skittles bets. And every time he won the Skittles bet, he just took half of it randomly and added it to the top of the stack, (laughs) making a bigger mess, actually, and something that was completely more random. So with this crazy Skittles bet out there, he gets a total of 10 on his first two cards, and the dealer has a five. So obviously he wants to double this, which takes us through the whole parade again. We break all the chips down. The chips are properly matched up for a double. They're all restacked. They're all checked. And he gets a nine for a total of 19. That's a pretty solid hand. He's feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good at this point. Don't you know it as sometimes happens, the dealer ends up drawing two more cards and making a perfect 21. Gabriel loses the hand and he kind of loses it. He's out of his chair. He's angry. He's super pissed off. He grabs his highball glass off the table and reaches back to throw it like a baseball. But something in his brain realizes that if he lets it go, it could hit a dealer or a floor person. So he rotates his body 45 degrees and gets ready to throw it again and realizes now it might hit the cocktail waitress. So he rotates it again and throws this glass across the room into a corner where it doesn't hit anyone. It bounces off the carpet and just sits there in the corner. So Gabriel grabs his chips, stomps out of the room, throwing his hands in the air. And a few minutes later, he comes back and he's apologizing to everyone involved. And he's contrite. And what I thought was amazing was the response from the casino team. Their point of view was basically, hey, it's not a problem, Gabriel. You had enough self-control to make sure no one got hurt. Then no one's in any danger of getting hurt. You throw a glass you threw a glass into some carpet. Oh well. All we care about is no one got hurt. Other than that, do whatever you want. So there's your guideline for casino behavior, I guess. Feel free to act out your anger. Just don't do anything that could hurt anybody else. And then be enough of an adult to apologize afterwards. And enough of an adult to laugh about it sometime later with your friends. And that's what I love about our time in the VIP lounge every week. Wherever we are, we're all just friends sharing stories. I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. It's time for leaving. I hope you understand. I was born a rambling man. If you have questions, send them to questions at CasinoCombat.com. If you have techniques to share, send them to what I do at CasinoCombat.com. Don't forget, we spell combat with a K. Love it, hate it, it don't matter. Please share with your family and friends. Goodbye, everyone.